Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kulositev, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, Vanessa, and welcome to the Product Boss Podcast. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, Mina. Hi. So we are really excited to have you join us today. Your business is incredible and fun and exciting. And um, I think our listeners will really be interested to hear how you've started this business and grown it. And then you are also on to thank you for trusting us with your business, but for an on-air coaching call. So we're really excited to dig in and work with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love listening to your podcast. I've um, definitely um, batch listened quite a bit. <laughs> so it's uh, super helpful. And you know, it's great to have resources out there for, for product-based businesses. Thanks. Uh, so tell our listeners a little bit about TaylorMade Polish. So TaylorMade Polish was started out of my house um, with products that I was making for myself to find healthier alternatives for, for nail care. I was trying to, you know, just better all of the products that we were using throughout our household. And my nails were the last one to, to kind of come along with that. And um, I couldn't find exactly what I wanted or exactly what I was able to trust. So I made some things myself. Um, it was a lot of fun to make the colors myself. The options kind of are endless based on, you know, what you want to make. And four bottles turned into 30, 30 turned into 100. And <laughs> then I thought it would be a unique and fun business. So then the Make Your Own Polish part of the business was was born and we're we're still patent pending. We've had a lot of delays with the government shutdown as of lately. Um, but um, with that being said, I, I decided to do a proof of concept first. And I did that in a, in a salon that was local to me. I had one table, one rack of kind of pigment colors and micas and, and ingredients and whatnot. And it seemed to, you know, to really start to get legs. It was a fun idea. People had a lot of fun with it. Um, so I moved into my own brick and mortar um, where I could have three tables in there and we could expand a lot more. And also we do our retail um, polish colors as well. And that's grown quite a bit. And then the other part of my business is uh, B2B. So people will come to us if they want their own custom colors made. We also do the branding and the labeling for their colors. So it's a nice, unique item to have if you're you know, have your own business and want a color match for something or an event, do lots of swag bags. The other bonus is that we're cruelty-free, we're certified cruelty-free, we're vegan-friendly, paraben-free, gluten-free, all those things that, that really kind of set uh, products apart in the, with the clean beauty movement taking, taking off. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that. What's been working? Is it mostly the B2B stuff for the, um, the events? Like, how's it been going? So on, if you average what we kind of do over over the past year or so, um, some months it's super heavy into the B2B and we're just, you know, getting orders out. And then other months we're pretty heavy on the studio events. So if you look at it over the course of the last year, I'd say those are 
the two of them together are eighty percent, and it rough, they're roughly equal if you were to average them out. And then probably ten to no more than twenty percent of our revenue has been from retail. And so I, I think that that's a an opportunity for us. We just had a, a recent reveal for a lot of uh, new body care and lip care products that we do, um, as well as uh, make your own lipstick concept. So it's very very new, but we have had a lot of great feedback from that. So I definitely think that that's a, a place I, I do want to put some sort of resources and time to, and I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to do that without wanting to become just like a really a retail centric uh, business. But I, I think that it would complement the other things that we do very nicely. And when you say retail, you mean direct to consumer, right? Yes, direct okay. to consumer. So where they could come in and purchase it off our shelves in the studio, um, which we've expanded that in recent months, and then where they would be able to buy it online. So tell us about your studio. You have a brick and mortar. I do. And I and do. is it just open all hours, like regular store hours? So I do Wednesday through Saturday. Roughly the schedule is twelve to five. If we have private events, uh, we will expand that to whatever time you know the event needs. We have a lot of evening parties. We do ladies' nights out bachelorette parties, things like that. And then Mondays and Tuesdays, I try to reserve for product, making the product and also having meetings with B2B clients or people who want to come in and pick their colors or make their colors. And we just set that aside and it tends to work a little bit better if we're not open those days. Um, So that's pretty much it. Okay, great. Um, So tell us a little bit about, about what you're struggling with. What can we help you with today? Yes. So as I mentioned before, I think there is room for growth on the retail side. And I have been approached by a couple of different uh, subscription boxes to put our product um, in their boxes. And I have not ever done that before. It seems like it might be a good fit for me because that is the area that I want to grow. But I don't know about, number one, is it a good idea for me? Um, Number two, which ones would would make the most sense for me? How do I structure pricing? Is there pricing? Is it just an exchange? What would benefit me the most? I'm, I'm just trying to fill that out because I don't know that world at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Jacqueline, should we dig right in then or? <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about why you want to start. Give us some feedback on in terms of why you want to start a subscription box, like why you feel like that sort of model needs to be added to your plate. Yeah, so I I don't know if I could really do it myself, but adding my product to somebody else's, I feel could give me the exposure that I, I think it's difficult to get when you're just looking at a product. I think I've been pretty successful with the other pieces of my business because they're unique. And there are so many beauty products out there. It's really hard to distinguish yourself. But I do think that when people get my product in their hands, they really do like it. They see that the polish lasts longer. They can feel good about it. They love our scrubs. And, you know, a lot of the ingredients that we use, you know, are top quality. There's no fillers. There's no anything in there. So I I do think that they can tell a difference, but it's just making them aware of our product and getting it in their hands. And that seemed like a a good idea or a good way to get the product out there more. Okay. That sounds good. I'm just going to jump right in. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't love the idea of subscription box for you. It's super complicated. Okay. I think the reason why you've been super successful already is because the custom part. I think that's why it's such a hit with the B2B is because you have some uh, a special, your unique selling point is that you can literally pick a color and custom make it to whatever the event or the person needs. I would say a e- way easier play and a way easier way to scale retail-wise a direct-to-consumer would be to co-brand with um, influential people. So even if it's a makeup artist or a YouTube person, I mean, they have their own following, right? Even um, music artists, even artists, watercolor artists are very big right now. And you basically could give them their dream of owning a color of lipstick and a color of uh, nail polish that they would name themselves and they would pre-sell it in, let's say, a small batch, but really you're pre-ordering there. They can name it whatever they want to. It's kind of like how Revlon did when they came out with all these different reds, right? They did one for Blake Lively. They did one for a whole bunch of different skin tones and they just came out with different reds. Like I think it was like six or seven of them and they were celebrity-based. Yours would be kind of in the same arena where it would be like these influencers that don't have a way to make their own nail polish or their own lipstick. And I think it would be huge. And and it'd be a, probably like a really amazing co-branding opportunity for them and for you too. Because what you're going to not realize, or not that you don't realize it, but celebrities, we're not talking celebrities, but it could be something more along the lines of, I'm just going to throw out like Jasmine Starr and Jenna Kutcher, for example. Like Jenna is starting to do stuff with bigger companies. But if you take the people that have these really strong followings that are accessible, they may want to, that feels special to them. So I know somebody who does cosmetics for Broadway and um, they actually... They, they've niched down so far that they actually do lipstick for certain Broadway actresses, right? And their colors. Um, and that's something that those people will never get, not never, but they really have to be something else to get like a Revlon deal or Revlon contract. But you're sort of giving them that. You're giving them that. So yeah, yeah. I kind of agree. Subscription boxes, we love them. We've, we teach about them. Uh-huh. But you have so many, you've got so many facets to your business and you've added on this cosmetic aspect of it that there's, I think there's a lot that you're going to have to grow there first. And then, and then the only, this is a side note. If the, if the influencers do well, you could do, if you really wanted, you could do like subscription boxes with those influencers, like product mm-hmm. in it. So it could be like the uh-huh. Jasmine star box. Sorry, Jasmine, if you listen, <laughs> mention us now. Yes, endorse um, it. Yeah, but you know, like if you found your people, whoever you found the connection to, that's where somebody might subscribe to the box. It might be like, I don't know if I can say the words of like bad, bad bass uh, business owners, you know, like <laughs> the clean podcast. Um, but it might be that, you know, so I don't know if that's super flushed out yet but that's just an idea. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. It'd be a beauty box, but it would be more tailored to the, a following of a certain person, or it could be what you find to be the people. Cause influencers, sometimes they're not the best to work with and sometimes they're amazing to work with. So it's basically, you're testing it out in that time of, Hey, this is what we're going to do a custom nail polish or whatever. And then those that do well, you throw a whole bunch of press at it, whatever you need to do to sell a whole bunch during like the holiday season, let's say when beauty boxes are like so huge, you know? That makes a lot of sense. How do you feel about that? It feels, um, it feels good. It it feels logical, you know, putting in in that way, I think um, it does make highlight that 
my product offering and sort of service offering is a little bit different. It's quite different than, than regular products that, you know, you're just pushing for one reason. Um, the customization portion is huge. So having kind of an ally and somebody that I could co-brand with makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's like the new hottest thing. People are co-branding everything these days. They really are <laughs> with celebrities, mini celebrities, everything. Um, and it's because private labeling has become so big um, mm-hmm. and people are able to do it now, but they don't have something as cool as you. Like you'll see it when people, makeup artists will bring out their own set of brushes or their own, you know, a beauty blender. And it's not as cool as having their own nail polish. I mean, what you do kind of boggles the mind a little bit. Like I didn't even know you could make nail polish um and even like the custom lipstick so i think that it would just be amazing so um for example sparkle hustle grow um not seeing that it's necessarily but like where i don't know she hopefully is listening to the podcast too hey no um, <laughs> hey julie shout hey, out julie. <laughs> <laughs> but she does she does um subscription boxes for uh female entrepreneurs right and she does stuff that it's tough for them to have at home so like she might do a training on Pinterest and then this is the one I got. It was Pinterest with a, like a little cork board to pin on. So it was like a play on Pinterest. And then I got a Shonda Rhimes book and she gets, she gives you stuff that she's kind of teaching on. So for example, she may at one point decide that in her pink is her color. She may decide that she wants to do like a sparkle hustle grow lip balm or maybe a nail polish that at Christmas, maybe that's something that she could put in her box. So that's like that co-branding, even with like people who have boxes that maybe at a certain minimum, you can like work with them to get a, a custom color for a subscription box without you having to actually be responsible for the subscriptions and the packaging and all that. But like what you're, it's that business to business, but then now scaling it to like 500 units or a thousand units. If the cost works for what you do and what they, what they need. Got it. Yeah. Being in other people's subscription boxes is not very lucrative though. (laughs) Um, only because they usually will do below wholesale. So it's just like doing almost like a flash deal on your stuff. Uh, whereas I think that there's more income and revenue potential if you were able to, let's say, collaborate with somebody and then sell at a retail price and they get like an affiliate cut of it rather than they get it below wholesale cost. You know what I mean? If it was a subscription box, but people do it for visibility. Like if you're in a fab fit fun, I mean, I think that's even like 80% off that they pay people, you know? Um, but if you could get your stuff in fab fit fun. <laughs> yeah. Which would be amazing, but it doesn't work for everybody. That's just like, you know, where it's, it's a visibility play. I think you already have something there that you could definitely, you know, approach people and be like, we've done all these really cool events. Here's something we've done with this jeweler and we could do something like this for you. Um, and it just feels very exclusive, you know? Yeah, that makes, I'm taking a lot of notes. This is great. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. And you'll get this recording, so no worries. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big note taker. Right. Yeah, I process through writing too, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And did you listen to the Pira Vida episode where they did um, like charity bracelets and stuff? There's a lot of ones that they do where it's a specific color that they contribute to that organization. That would be a really good one for you too if you co-branded with a nonprofit or for a cause or with a blogger that w- had a cause, for instance instance, or influencer that had a cause. There's lots of influencers that back Pencils of Promise, for instance. They're not within the organization, but they have the in 
you could all collaborate together. You know, I don't know what the batch amount would be for you to sell, you know, and make this feasible and all that stuff, but you'll probably have to figure that out beforehand, like what your max is and what your capacity with each collaboration could possibly be. Definitely. And that's a concern as well. I have done uh, locally um, some different charity things and those tend to go over really well on a local level. People have, um, you know, usually uh, an emotional tie to the charity. We've done something, you know, where we've designed the color with the local officials or committees or whatnot that um, run those charities. And and those usually are are nice. We did American Cancer Society during Breast Cancer Awareness Month and and different things like that. So that makes a lot of sense. And I did listen to the Pura Vida podcast. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Go back. We'll put it in the show notes for anyone who hasn't gone back. But so, yeah. And and, and the thing is, is sometimes it's really hard to get in. Like, for example, Susan G. Common, you can't necessarily, you can't slap her that label onto your polish and it's really hard to be affiliated. They choose very specific brands. But if you go, if you do have some sort of influencer that is really tied into that, it also brings you closer to being able to do something for that person and then they donate the money to something. And you may not say like it's for Susan G. Common, but if they know that like so-and-so influencer or celebrity is is linked to that and that there's a partial give back to a breast cancer foundation or if they get the okay, um, then you can, then you can do it. You can't just, usually you can't just, you can't co-brand with a charity without their permission. Cause it's kind of, right. it's, yeah, but it's super yeah. easy to spot the ones that do it. So mm-hmm. like I'm bringing up principles of promise again. I saw them, um, you know, affiliate with, um, Pat Flynn and Amanda Bucci, and they sought out these people knowing that they had influence in their uh, communities. And then they all raised money together. And it was with the CEO of, I don't know if he's the CEO or the owner of Pencils of Promise. So you can spot them pretty easily, the people that are willing to collaborate. And I would say start with there and don't shoot for Susan B. Komen right from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, but that's what I'm Yes. So that's the thing though. You find the ones that are that still need the help that aren't the huge ones. There's so many charities. And also like we've talked about this. I don't know. I don't think it was an on-air coaching call, but um Again, these influencers are like a lot of influencers and people are starting to talk about mental health issues, mm-hmm. anxiety, <clears throat> anxiety. So there's ways that like, again, they're not so huge that they're going to get a deal with Mac, right? But they, but they do have something to say and they do have like hundred thousand, a million followers, whatever it is that they would love somebody to help them there. So I think that's just another lead in another way for you to associate or affiliate with them too, if there's some sort of give back or mission to it. Yeah. And I bet their loyalty and conversion is crazy high though, you know, compared to like someone who has a huge audience. I mean, I would say that about our audience, we have the best audience ever, you know, they're very engaged, very action oriented and very loyal. So I think it's, that's what you're starting to find with these people that have a smaller following is that they have such loyal customers and they trust those people so much because they know that they wouldn't recommend anything that they weren't fully backing, you know? Absolutely. I mean, vegan, vegan, cruelty free, paraben free. I mean, who doesn't love all those things, you know? For sure. What else can we help you with? Let's see. I think, um, the other thing that I just am always looking to do aside from, you know, 
looking at the the businesses separately, which I used to look at them kind of all together. And now I'm looking at them more separately, just making it a cohesive uh, brand across the the three revenues and how to tie them in and kind of how to um, weave them into each other. Um, so when I'm having a um, child's birthday party, for instance, in the studio, um, you know, when we're, when we have that, what is the best way to kind of weave into the other things that we do? So we have these really cool paint polish books. So little girls, typically they have this big, huge bottle of nail polish and these tiny little nails, and they're never going to get to use that whole bottle up. So what we did was we designed a a coloring book that you paint with nail polish. You can do like different things with it. It's specialty paper. It's really cute. And obviously they're there and we can talk about them and and show them that, but just kind of how, how to grow that together and what we're doing with the retail products, what we're doing with the studio, things like that. I'm always looking for new ways to, to help them go together. Um, so if you have any ideas in terms of that, and it, and it goes back towards, um, you know, our beauty products when we're doing, um, you know, bridal parties and things like that. So can we recap those, those three areas then so we could see how, what, the, like it, for our listeners, so they know what we're talking about to bring them together? Sure. Sure. So our B2B is where we custom label, custom brand our things. Um, and we're able to kind of pull that in sometimes with people who are in our shop and they design a color that, you know, be a party that ties into their business. And so it's an easy, Oh, I want to do this color for my business. I'll take 50 bottles or whatever it is. And so that's great. And so just looking for other ways to kind of tie that in. And so when we have child's children's birthday parties, and then we have retail products that kind of go along with that. So we have the retail, the B2B, and then the studio happenings that are the experience of making your own polish. Yeah. I think it's about cross-selling a lot of times. I think it falls down into training. So Mm -hmm. for the people that are in your brick and mortar doing the events and those things, what are the three things that you want to train them to do? So it's usually cross-selling to a certain product or, hey, did you want this? You know, it's all in the ask a lot of times and -hmm. training your people to know what to ask and answer the questions. Um, You also might do point of sale stuff because like, you know, showing... I don't know, like a testimony of a little girl who made her own polish and named it, you know, or something or something fun that, you know, like her unicorn mix or something, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's so unique and so her. And then, you know, if it's point of sale, then it's like people say, oh, hey, what's that? You know, and then the person can talk about it as well, but keep it really simple too. So they can only learn so many things or cross sell or, you know, so many things. So I would say it really lies in the training of those type of things. And then even in the end consumer, right? It, it, it lies in what you're teaching them and training them as well. So are they getting um, newsletters of, hey, did you know that we also did this? Did you know? It could be just a PS even, you know? I like that. And that was something where I did have to separate my list out um, mm-hmm. from the newsletter list because they were kind of all clumped together um, with, you know, my B2B clients. And a lot of them know um, but with the retail clients, a lot of them didn't know that we did some of the other things. So separating out the list was definitely something that we did, but maybe tying them back in just a little bit with links to the other activities or the other products or capabilities that we have. It just might even just be a gift certificate or something that you're like, hey, $5 off this other. Setup. Okay. 
And I was going to say there might be ways in, so maybe the B2B doesn't need to know about all the studio happenings, but the studio happenings can know about the the kids' parties and the, you know, there, you, you might want to just find the spider web of like, which, what connects all, like, or like the, the center of the wheel and what everybody could know about for, for what you do. And then maybe some of those categories know more about other stuff. So I like that, that like, if you had in, in-store parties, right? maybe you do an adult party or you do a B2B type party. And then like Mina said, you have this little like picture of a cute girl flashing her nails with, you make her nail polish again. You put up there and you call it like Katie's unicorn polish. And like, it just kind of shows like, like a little thing about that. She did this. You could also offer sometimes that like there's competitions that, you know, maybe it's a featured polish. And so she has that polish now. Maybe you guys do a limited run of it of like 10 of them or 12 of them or whatever, and it goes online and you sell it. So it gets people to almost participate in mixing, you know, it's the crowdsourcing stuff. So making it fun and making it that people then can like exactly what Mina said, like lead into knowing about all the facets of what you do, but not everyone always has like maybe B2B doesn't need to know about kids if they're nowhere local and they're never going to come to your, your studio. Right. Yeah. And it might be even a hashtag. You just might have a posting of, Hey, use this hashtag on Instagram and you know, it's whatever kids custom nail polish. That's a really bad one. Something more fun. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Maybe have a backdrop where they can able, they're able to take a photo, show their nail polish and post it to Facebook. And if they do that, you do an entry, you throw those into like a giveaway once a month and then that person gets something or something, you know? So I like what Jacqueline is saying. Uh, you see a lot of times that people do that from models, like baby models or whatever. Hey, be the Gerber baby type of way um, where it's like crowdsourcing a participation thing, you know, like, Hey, this is this nail polish. If you win this, we'll distribute it. Or it's kind of like on top shelf where they're like, Hey, if you win this um, quick fire, your stuff will go into this menu or whatever. So it's like that prestige that they don't get somewhere else, like having a sandwich named after you type of thing, you know? Um, so, and if that's really fun. Yeah. If that's something like, if that's a part of your business you want to grow, like people knowing that they could do these types of parties, you could almost have these like entries, like where you put it out there to the community of like, you know, $25 to participate in this like competition. And then one day you do an event one day where random people show up, it's on a birthday and the girls mix their colors, they get to go with it. And one of those girls wins and then it's featured on the site. Then all of a sudden these girls are so excited about this whole process. They're going to be like, mom, can I have my birthday there? mom can I make my own color you know so and then it brings the moms in and then you could you know what I'm saying then like then the moms are like oh I could do like my 40th birthday here I could do whatever I was thinking there's such a pocket for bridal like bridal parties um coming in and doing the colors as well as sororities um them all coming in so think of it as every age has their own version of birthday party, right? It's like the little girls getting the birthday party. And then, you know, it's like the moms turning something monumental, like a golden birthday or something, you know, and, and then the sorority. So then you're not only selling one, you're selling many Many. and the experience as well. The bridal, the bridal one is really smart. Like even if it's, you know, like a staycation or something to do, like maybe, maybe it's a way that she asks her her bridesmaids to be her bridesmaids or that's people are selling in, in bulk. Like they'll sell like six robes for your bridesmaids plus one robe for the bride. So it's like a pack of seven all, all in one. That would be really cute. 
If you we, named it too, something like that. Do you do that already? Yeah. We, we have done that. So I had one bride that came in and designed a color for each of her bridesmaids when she was going to ask them and named it a unique name and, and did it that way. And then I have brides who've come in to actually have her bridesmaids help her design a nail color that they all wear. Um, and then I've had other ones that just buy the ready-made polishes and the color that they want um, and given them as favors in their bags. Our minimum order is, is 10. Um, so it's, it's accessible to a lot of people. So that is kind of a popular one. Um, and it's definitely um, more popular with brides who have destination weddings because they still want to do something local with maybe not everybody who's able to come and it's, it's fun and, you know, they get to spend more time together as well. So, so my sister gave me a wine bottle that has a picture of, it was wine. And then it has a photo of me and her and it says like, will you be my maid of honor on it? Right. So she, that's how she asked. It was super creative. So for example, this is a way to expand in that world where like, maybe you hook up with some semi-famous wedding planners that do luxury weddings or, you know, and so you can contact them and say, this is what I do. Maybe. So if you listen to our anniversary episode where we interview, we have Kara on, um, and how she worked, what's the food person that she hooked up with? Oh, food nanny. Food nanny. So for example, you might be paying attention to certain like like Lisa Vorce is a um wedding a huge wedding planner, like did, you know, John Legend's wedding basically. You might be like following along with that and maybe you send Lisa like a pack of colors for her and her team that like are like within her brand color and you name it like Vorce wedding or something. Um, or whatever, maybe she has a hashtag and that's what you gift to some of these wedding planners for like these people who are willing to drop the money. And then that's a gift you send them. And then it's like, and by the way, if your clients need gifts, like to ask people, like, this is an option, you can kind of show how it come. Same thing as you could then say like, Hey, by the way, would you like to do a bridal nail color that you gift to your clients that then like, you know, they always get for that light pink or whatever it is when you're getting married. (laughs) (laughs) And so that might be another thing where like, that's a bigger realm and that pulls in the the bridal. Cause I think bridal is that 10 bottles of something you can easily do. And even the something blue, the bride could have her toenails blue, you know, that would be really cute. cute. So I think that a great way to show this process would be like an infographic that you could give people of here's the steps one, two, three, and you know, mix the colors. I don't know name the thing and name the polish and then enjoy and give to your friends, you know, whatever the infographic is, but it gives a way to, we just had a a client, um, she does baby hang tags, um, custom made does, and she did infographic on how to loop the tags and literally was put the thing through, loop it through, and then attach it to the baby or the um, miniature champagne bottle. So something so simple, but people just they like that guidance and it, it, it takes something very complex and they're visually able to get it just like that, you know? Okay. And Vanessa has like a, incredible, beautiful pictures like on her site and stuff. But some of these things where you want people to grasp that some sort of campaign or email or mm-hmm. uh, online thing, you really have to dumb it down. Like you might be mm-hmm. like, no, but it says it. No, no. My third step for my baby bottle labels is stick it on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, literally, you have to like say it that much. Um, the other thing too is like if you were to, there's like the sorority moms or whatever, the lead people, I don't know, I don't know what they're called, but they do rush week and the rush girls have to wear separate things than the girls that are already in. So they might be two different nail polishes that you can identify who's rushing and who's actually in the nail polish. Or That's cute. And it would get them to buy a whole bunch. And they have to buy a ton of stuff for Rush Week. Like we're talking dress outfits and all that stuff. So it might be something fun that they could do that, um, you know. I have a question. The whole big theme. Were you in a sorority? No, but Iowa State was very, very big in sororities. This is something I don't know about you and all this time together. Because I obviously went to art school, so we did not have sorority. I wasn't really into the whole sorority thing. Um, They were not the nicest, but that might just be like Midwest (laughs) or whatever. Um, And Generalization. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, generalization on top of generalization. Um, So I don't know. So, But I mean, it seems like they did super fun stuff. So coming from a fashion person, um, Mm -hmm. I've actually had a lot of people come through that have tried to do things specific for that because they do, they have to buy these matching clothes. So Mm -hmm. the other thing you could do to kick it up is that then you say like, we'll also give a portion back to the, your, the sororities usually have like a charity or their own, like you donate to the sorority in a way. So you could sometimes Mm -hmm. do things like that where it's like, buy it, buy it for Alpha Fee and we're going to give money back to Alpha Fee. So it's like on Amazon when you can associate with a a charity. So your purchases, something Target did it. Target was like one of the first ones to do it. Yeah. And then also you should also say, and by the way, I'll give you this lipstick in the same color. Right, you know, because you want to cross sell here, and so yeah, bundle it up, and then they get some sort of other deal, and it could be, you know, that a different color or or whatever matching color for like, gosh, I, I have it, you know, I don't know uh, the sorority speak, but you get the idea. They have to be matching certain in a certain level. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, that is a foreign world to me as well. (laughs) Once you deal with one, you'll be fine. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, we're um, very close to a few um, really fun looking um, universities and colleges around here um, in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. So we all reach out to them first. And the cool, so if you listen to the Pura Vida episode, because they were in frats, it's really easy to get them to talk to each other and they go to events and stuff like that. So then they work as your like affiliate person or uh, brand ambassador. And then those people get married within a few years, usually <laughs> so then they'll know about it. And then you can kind of pitch to them like, and by the way, for shout, like, especially like, let's say, again, not to do a generalization, but certain, I guess, parts of the country <laughs> get married sooner. What's happening? <laughs> So certain places get married sooner or like they marry their college, whoever, sweetheart. And so, you know, staying like, so it may or may not be the right customer, but we're just trying to figure out for you how to sell kind of that idea of the subscription model where you're selling a lot, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out more ways for you to sell a lot. And it doesn't mean that you have to discount at all. We're just trying to, you know, go from one to many in, because you already have what it takes. You already have all the processes, you have the infrastructure, you have, you know, the unique selling point of it being custom, even if you were to, let's say, get the custom nail polish, but you positioned it as, hey, get this one because don't people usually do their ring finger in a different color? So like you could get two of them and then, you know, have that as your 
Yeah. I mean, it's super popular, right? <laughs> if you see my nails, my pinky and my thumb are two different colors. Yeah. Because they're the ones with nail polish left. Trendy. <laughs> that's not trendy. Um, but if you see beautiful nails done, their ring pink is usually a different color, right? Isn't it, Vanessa? Yeah. It so is. That is fun. very popular. Yeah. So you could bring the transaction cost of, you know, them buying one to them buying two because they have that in mind. Absolutely. That uh, makes perfect sense. And we do have double packs and triple packs. Perfect. Polishes too. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense. Maybe just selling it in a slightly different way, especially when it comes to having a complementary color makes a lot of sense. Okay. So is there anything that we can help you with now? Anything else we're getting towards the end of the end of the call and want to make sure you have everything going on? I think I do have everything. I mean, this has been super, super helpful. Um, a lot of great ideas. And, you know, you're so close to something sometimes. Um, oh, 100%. <laughs> it's nice to get other perspective too. But I think this was a lot of great ideas, especially with the um, some of the influencers and charity connections that, that could be there. That's when I had thought of. So I think that's great. Yeah. Great. And you um, can grow and still keep it simple. That's the thing. You already have everything. So that's what like, I really love. Whenever I tell people about Mina's business, I'm like, her business is so simple. She has she doesn't even have that many SKUs, but she has a really big business built around it. And so that's the thing. Like, stay focused on the things that are really working. This the more you spread it out, you know you're gonna spend more on development, more packaging. I know you had like a packaging issue recently, you know. So things like that that you're in development and it's always gonna take money and costs. And so what do you, what can you scale to scale and that you know people want and, it, and it's easier because now you just have to find more people to sell it to versus adding product and convincing them that they need, I don't know, like a sugar scrub when you're selling them nail polish kind of thing. So just, yeah, I think so the hardest thing on the is, lipstick and the nail polish product people want to feel like they need to add a lot to make more money when sometimes if you think of some of the best products, like they start with one, like Spanx, they started with something and then they got into leggings, but this is like years and years and years later. Absolutely. And that, that was one thing. I think our B2B kind of drove more of the additional products that we had if they needed foot scrub or hand scrub and things like that. And that was an easy thing for us. So then we started retailing it as, as well. And I, I think you're definitely right. All With each new product that you do, it's another um, set of things that could potentially go wrong. And so we're, I think we're, we're maxed on that. And it's good to hear that's your recommendation yeah. too. So when you already have <laughs> two products that you know that are so right and so good and so best selling and have something so special that people want to pay more for. So I would say just, you know, Go for that. Go for that. Yeah. <laughs> or try okay. and move or work on getting those like really through the roof, you know? So you have the other product, which is fine. And then mm-hmm. work on, we're not, you guys do whatever you need to in your businesses, but just, you know, the things that we know, sell, 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 put your energy and resources into that too. So absolutely. So great having you. And then tell our listeners how they can find your product. They can find our product on tailormadecosmetics.com and tailormadepolish.com. And then you can follow us on Instagram at tailormadepolish. Great. Thank you, Vanessa. We love having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there.
If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Product Bosses, let's make it happen.